Your life can be full of inspiration and magic, and you don't need glass slippers to get there. Welcome to the podcast for real life heroines with author, speaker, and coach, Susanna Liller. Join us as we work with key elements of personal development to assist you in hearing the calls that life has for you. Be inspired, be empowered, and be encouraged. Let's start today's episode with your host, Susanna Liller. Hi, everyone. Welcome to my podcast for Real Life Heroines, where I get to talk with, have conversations with women who have accepted their call to go on a journey more than once to go out and have an adventure, to try new things, to make changes, to challenge themselves, and therein become heroines. And I am interviewing and so pleased to have Heather Kreider on the show today. Welcome to you, Heather. Thank you so much, Susanna, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. You know, I've been waiting for this and and you know what you and you're going to talk about this when you talk about how you can help people realize their greatness that they are greater than they think they are and that is something by working with the mind which we're going to talk about but that's something that we as particularly as women i think don't realize how great we are how how much possibility there is if we would only take that step and dare to, to be that big self. So that's really, I'm excited to talk about that. And let me just say a few words about you. I know that you have your own podcast, which is called, which is called Go Reflect Yourself, which we'll learn more about why those words. And you're a keynote speaker, you're a neuro coach, a strategist, author, entrepreneur, and mom of two, correct? Yeah. And your, I guess it could be your motto is transforming the world one brain at a time. So we're going to learn about that. And I'm excited that people will be able to hear how you've been able to come up with these strategies to retrain this thing that's so hard to change sometimes. Yeah. But Heather, we this is a, a program about heroines on their heroine's journey. And I know that you've answered a call to do something different more than once. And if you could share with us kind of like the broad outline of your or one of your heroine's journeys or or just your life as a heroine yeah well let me just say that i love that that's your focus especially for women because we don't we don't really know we're a heroine on a journey we're just on a journey sometimes just trying to get through life and get through a day so you know to really kind of take a step back and to look at the journeys that we've been through i love that you're really helping others and highlighting these journeys because let's be honest when when things are going really well 
it's easy to take for granted just that. But when things aren't going so well, you think you're alone and you think that you're the only one that's experiencing these things. And, you know, to kind of come full circle to your question, that's kind of how I felt. I was a very young professional. I started my career in corporate accounting and I got to a point, I had great opportunities working for wonderful companies. And I got to a point where I thought, what is wrong with me? I have a wonderful life, but yet why am I so miserable? Why is my life, this world that we're in, why is it not fulfilling me? I have the title, I have a salary, I have you know the metaphorical white picket fence. Why am I still feeling this way? Something must be wrong with me. And I really had to go through my own journey to discover that it there wasn't anything wrong with me. I just made decisions and I was living a life that didn't serve really who I was or what I wanted. And it took me a long time to fully understand that. But when I first was on the initial parts of that path, I really did feel alone. I felt that I was a fraud and I felt that I didn't deserve the things that I I was achieving because it what wasn't true and natural to really who I was, but I didn't know who I was. Right, right. So, you know, this merry-go-round that we get on and it's frustrating. So that's, you know, I, I, I don't know how much detail and the stories I'm sure you know can, can sometimes go on for days and days, but that's really the, the start of, of my journey and, and kind of how I felt at that time. Right. So really your call, I would say, was the feelings that you were having. And I have to say, as you were relating that, I'm thinking so many people listening were relating to it as well because feeling alone not feeling feeling like an imposter all those i've heard it so many times from so many women yeah so so that was what was going on and things were really what we would call your ordinary life most people would think wow i wish i had a salary and i would you know but it wasn't serving you so what happened then Heather, to get you to do something different. How did that look? Yeah, well, my, and I, I start off really thinking about my journey in those early, early days when I was a young corporate employee because my whole life when I was a child, I could not wait to be an adult and be this successful businesswoman. And I always tell this story, which I think is is really kind of funny, but one of my heroes growing up was Alex P. Keaton from the, the TV show Family Ties, played by Michael J. Fox. Right. And there was just something about his desire to grow and to be successful and to help people and make change. But when I was a young girl, I wanted to be like Alex P. Keaton. And so I asked for a briefcase for Christmas one year. And that was our dollar. How old were you? I mean, 12, 12 or 13. 12, you know, young enough where, again, you know, you're still in the Barbie doll stage or the, you know, the early teenage stage. And I got my briefcase and 
I always laugh when I think about that because of the perception I had of what success was. And many, many things contributed to that perception. But when I got to my career and I was in my mid-20s, that life that I thought I wanted was nothing like I thought it would be. And so for me, I went through what I call a series of significant emotional experiences. And I don't wish anyone to go through the things that I personally went through because I think you can learn these things without having major catastrophes happen in your life. But for me, those were the wake up calls. It started, I lost my only sibling. Uh, She was very young, uh, older than me, but at the time, just shy of her 34th birthday. And um, so I lost my only sibling. And then not too, too soon thereafter, I lost both of my grandparents, all two unexpected things. And so I went through a divorce. And so I'll give you kind of the cliff notes. When I lost my sister, I realized that was the moment for me of really looking at my life and saying, is this the life that I want? And I still at that time was uncertain of what I wanted. I just knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to feel that way anymore. And in the corporate world, especially, we're really kind of taught not to feel. We're taught to be robots and we're taught to just be this being but don't have a life and, right. and you're not a human. <laughs> keep it all down, keep it inside yeah. and show it. Yeah. And I was great at that. I was really, really good at that. And I didn't realize I've been good at that my whole life. I grew up in an environment that didn't serve in a way that really promoted me as a human. It's the environment I grew up with taught me to protect and be a chameleon and just survive. Hmm. And I didn't fully understand these things until, like I said, when, when I lost my sister, I didn't want to feel this way anymore. And I didn't want, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this. I didn't want losing her and the, the emotions that I went through I didn't want to go right back into the normal pattern and routine that I had grown so accustomed to. I wanted it to mean something or at least to invoke some sort of change in me. So I went through a divorce. Uh, I had two small children at the time and I just went through an exploration and I really just kept going down the paths of What do I need to do to figure all this out? Uh And and you know this, for me, I needed to figure out my own emotions. I needed to figure out my brain. And that's when I really started studying neuroscience. And that's when I needed to figure out how I was processing the things I was and how do I find fulfillment while I'm still emotionally healing and discovering at the same time. So neuroscience for me was the answer because it was fascinating, first of all, but just to really understand how our habits and our thoughts and our emotions get formed 
and how we really can change that. Right. So that, that was the, well, that's a, you know, it's too bad, but it seems to be so often the way that calamity gets us on a different path, which turns out to be a growing, healing, wonderful path. But in the moment, it's not anything that, as you said, you want to wish on anybody. But divorce kind of kicked it into play for me, too. Um, so, yeah, so I think I hear you saying that you wanted to figure out how did my thoughts and my brain and my emotions get me to this place and how can I work with them to get me to a better place and neuroscience was your doorway so I think it's time for you to help us understand so what what is that and and how how did you find it and what does it mean yeah, that's a great question. And, and I went through years of, of cognitive therapy, really trying to, you know, talk through these things. And I don't disparage that whatsoever. I think people need to do what works for them. For me, the intellectual piece of understanding the brain helped me to see if I had control over at least the understanding or maybe the illusion of control of understanding, then I can do something about it. And so what I mean by that is our brains get formed. I mean, we're the only mammal that we're not born with a fully developed brain. And so because of that, when we're children, Obviously, we know as we grow and we learn things, but especially from the ages two to seven, that's really the most rapid growth our brain goes through. And we learn at those times, that's really where our patterns get deep-seated, our influences, our, our personalities. Yes, they come through, but they get kind of molded based upon the, the people that we're around, what we see, what we hear. And, and then life as well. It, you know, that's where our formative years are, especially in the brain, but all of our experiences leave an imprint on our brains and our brains are designed purely for survival. And that's okay. That's clearly what we need to do to survive. But when we have experiences that are less than desirable in just having a nice fruitful life, our brain is constantly trying to avoid situations and scenarios to repeat those things. So from an evolutionary perspective, we really create the patterns and the habits and we don't realize it. Yeah. And it is for survival and it is for habit, but at the end of the day, when we're unhappy and unfulfilled, what we've done is we've created this cycle inside of our brain of these thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And we don't ever really fully understand where those thoughts and beliefs are formed. And we have the ability to retrain those. Just because a situation happened doesn't mean that we can't 
retrain the way that our brain processes it. And that's one of the biggest shifts for me when I was studying neuroscience and really understanding. And I went deep into neuroscience and I still do. It's one of the things I love in my free time to study because the brain is ever evolving and we are learning more and more about our brains. Even what we've discovered five years ago, we're, we're finding a different way of looking at it now. But my point to that is we constantly can enhance our life experience through brain health, emotional rewiring is what I will say, and really understanding how our thoughts and feeling patterns affect our actions and our behaviors. And when we start really looking at that whole cycle, it empowers us to make change in a positive, productive way. So Heather, here's a, a non-neuroscientist, brain scientist, understanding that or trying to understand it. So I think you said between the ages of four and seven, we are most vulnerable to getting these patterns inside of us that stay with us. And we might not even know that they're there, but they end up un unknowingly guiding us in our actions and our what we want to do or what we don't want to do. Um, and we never take the time to examine them. But you as a neuro coach help people uncover those patterns and then get rid of them or change them or make it so that they're not some old fear isn't still driving your life. Is that pretty good? That is a beautiful summary, Susanna. Yes, <laughs> that's very good. And I just want to kind of pull a thread that you said earlier of helping people rediscover their greatness. Mm -hmm. I had a woman one time I was giving a talk and that was actually the name of the talk was rediscover your greatness. And I had a lady say rediscover. I haven't even discovered my greatness. How can I rediscover? And Good I point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I laugh because I totally understand. And I get that so often we feel like there's nothing great about me. You know, what, what possibly do I have to offer and to give? But the truth is, is it's been there all along. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up in relation to what you just said is when we're kids, we have the abundance of creativity and play and vision. And we don't think about our insecurities in the same way that we do as adults. We learn them when we're children and we learn again, environment, other kids, things that we see, but we have all of our resources and creativity when we're children and we're really, really great. We are. Children and, are. I know. Definitely. So I, I say that because really it's about tapping in to that most innocent, free-flowing, un- 
restricted part of you that just shines and lights up when there is no insecurity and when there is full confidence. And it really kind of is a childlike behavior from that vulnerability perspective. But that's why we re-tap in to that. And so, yes, often it is rewiring the way we approach, re-examining, looking at our own awarenesses and patterns and saying, just because this pattern developed doesn't mean we can't go in and rewire it to serve you. We all have that capability and a lot of people think we don't, and we do. Neuroscience supports that what, what we think about gets strengthened. So let's think about things that are actually positive and beneficial to our lives. What I like about this too is, is you're talking about identity, that that amazing child who doesn't know any fear or limitations is always there, right? It, she never goes away. She just gets covered over or what has to accommodate for those survival patterns that she thinks she needs to get her through or her, she's been taught when in fact, that's not who she is. That's not who she is. Exactly. No, that's 100%. And, you know, when we're, especially as women, because we take on a lot of roles so quickly and you, you hit the nail on the head, everything comes back to our identity. But again, we often don't really see it that way. We're, we're put in different roles and we end up playing these parts beautifully based on other people's expectations. Yeah. And so when we really start to unwind and one of my programs, really starts there is understanding. And I always say this, I teach you how to be who you want and you're meant to be, discover who you're meant to be and be that person. Doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's about being a better version of you and not relying on these negative patterns because we don't want to get stuck in fear and doubt and worry. We want to produce and shine and have happy, fulfilled lives. So often it really does start with the identity and we can't understand the identity if we can't see the stories that we're telling ourselves, And if we can't see the stories that we've been told, then that's a big shocker for a lot of people sometimes. And it's a, it's difficult because once you have that awareness, you can't undo it. Yes. But it's a beautiful gift to give yourself and to give others because as you start to really see those truths and relearn what the story is that you want to lean into and the story is that you want to serve you, then you start seeing outcomes. You start in all areas of your life and your health and your relationship and money and everything, things open up for you because now your stories are in more relationship to really who you want to be. Isn't that amazing? I mean, what a gift for people because it's almost like I've been wearing this set of clothes thinking it was me and it's not me. 
And hey, I can exchange it for a better set of clothes that's really like me. It's just um, such a possibility that I think, and, and as you say, we don't know it. We're, we're living something thinking it's us, but it really isn't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And there's parts, you know, I, I hear a lot of criticism sometimes from people who have resistance. And what I mean by that is until somebody really starts to discover with kindness and curiosity, it's a lot of resistance. And, and let me just back up because when I was really going through some of the lowest parts that I went through as an adult, I was much more of a victim than I ever thought I was. I blamed everyone else. If other people could just be different, act different, then my life would be what I desire it to be. And I didn't realize for me that a lot of my, especially early adulthood, I really played a victim to my childhood and I played a victim to circumstances and things that I had gone through. And I didn't quite own that. I didn't quite see it like that either because I was trying so hard to change the circumstances that I had already gone through that I was robbing myself of the present and I was robbing myself of me being me because I couldn't forgive and I couldn't for forgive myself and to forgive others for what I had gone through. And then I had, then as an adult, I went through these other major things. And so now it's really looking at the accountability of these are experiences that I'm going through, but they don't define who I am. Mm. And that was a very difficult discovery, but it's like this existential being. I'm just, I'm having these experiences, but they don't define me. I'm not Heather, this person who is labeled as these things, but I did. I labeled myself for so long and those are the gifts and the skills and the tools that I had to develop along the way. And quite frankly, really over the last 10 years for me, once I really got control over my stress and control over my brain and control over my mind wandering, then I could process these things in a much more productive way. Hmm. And it sounds like part of that is becoming more objective to yourself and and looking as you say the experiences as something separate they don't define you and so i'm wondering because there's so much that you talk about about go reflect yourself and and it's not so much discovering the why but discovering the who and so what is it about reflecting what do you mean when you talk about that yeah so again there's a, I'll tell you this kind of dumb but cute little story. There's a Charlie Brown um, comic strip where Lucy goes up to Charlie Brown and she says, Charlie Brown, I want to change the world. And he was like, oh yeah, how are you going to do that, Lucy? And she says, well, I'll start with you. I'll change you first and then I'll work on the rest of the world. 
And I tell you that because it's, you know, it's a silly little comic strip. But for me, when I realized I was much more Lucy-like in what I said earlier, if I could change you to be what I want and need you to be, if I can change all the people in my life around me to act, do, be the way that I think they should be so I feel better, then I don't know who I am. And so that was one of the biggest revelations I had to make, not just with myself, but I saw it with my clients as well. Going through all the things that I've gone through, I've seen clients for years and seen these same evolutions. And what I realized that what we truly desire at our core is connection. I mean, that's why you and I are talking today, and that's why we're trying to get information out, is we want to connect with other people. But the truth is, is we cannot connect with other people until we connect with ourselves first. Mm. And we're really taught the opposite, and it's almost selfish, and it's almost greedy in some ways. If we work on ourselves, that's what we think. Those are the stories that we tell ourselves. And it's the furthest from the truth, because if I can't connect with who I am and I can't connect with myself, I cannot connect with you or love you or appreciate you because I'm not giving those things to myself first. And so that's really what self-reflection is all about. And that's why I started the Go Reflect Yourself movement, if you will, is you've got to take the opportunity. Everything is a self-reflection moment so that we can connect with others on a deeper, stronger level and really serve people at a greater capacity because then we, because we're already whole and we're completely connected to who we are. It's an evolution. It's not an overnight process, but that's really why self-reflection is crucial to every bit of success. And I think you're absolutely right in saying that we're not taught to, to pay attention to us and what we need necessarily. And particularly, I think if you're a woman, you're always caring for everybody around you. And that if you pay more attention to yourself, maybe that's self-serving or selfish, as you say. But then you think about it, if you really want that connection, and I think we do, then how can you connect to somebody who really isn't there, you know, embodied in who they are and, and doesn't know their identity? And the other thing I think is so important is that each of us, we're all so unique and we all have our own unique personalities, skills, talents, abilities that's like a snowflake. It's not the same with anybody else. So we're really robbing the world if we don't bring this to full fruition. But yeah, I mean, I have certainly done everything that you have done and blamed people and, but blessedly through all my exploration as well, have learned that a lot of that I can, you know, I can let go of now, thank goodness. Yeah, and that it doesn't define me. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and let me just add, and I might be jumping ahead a little bit, 
most often people will say, yes, but <laughs> yes, but you don't know my circumstance. Yes, that sounds great in theory. Intellectually, I understand what you're saying, but you don't understand the shoes that I'm in. And that's when I say you need to go reflect yourself because you're wrong. I do understand completely. And it's not about, it's not about dissecting yourself to the point where you think you're wrong or impure. It's not about that at all. But so this is where neuroscience really kicks in because again, intellectually, we can understand all these things. But when you're really in it and you're emotional and you're hurting and you're broke or you're, um, uh, like I said, alone, you're, you're going through so many things, intellect is not enough. Intellect is not going to pull you through when times are tough and when your brain is just trying to survive. And so this is where, for me, understanding neuroscience has been the key because what you have to do is retrain the patterns of your brain to understand how to approach things from what I call a relaxed, mindful awareness state. And so this is really where mindfulness meditation can start to calm the centers of the brain to the point where we actually can connect to parts of the brain that we kind of shut off. Our brain is full of networks. It works as a whole unit, but it gets strengthened. If, if everything that I'm thinking and everything I'm processing, my brain is processing as a huge stress, life-threatening situation, mm. then my emotions are always so high that I'm not really able to creatively or intuitively process and learn and grow and expand. So that's really the biggest gift anyone can give themselves is really understand relax mindful awareness. Retrain your brain to relax. Retrain your brain to de-stress, to refocus, to tap into creativity and intuition so that way you can start to think with different parts of your brain and you can lower those stress signals. Your, if your brain is always on high alert, every little thing is going to seem like a huge problem. And so we cannot rediscover our greatness and who we are and have all of these wonderful things if we're always on this high alert. So mm -hmm. again, you know, kind of repeating myself, if we can approach, and that's that's really what neurocoaching is. A lot of people ask me, you know, neurocoaching isn't just about understanding neuroscience. It's approaching everything from using different parts of our brain, getting out of this over-analytical part, tapping into our emotions and our creativity, and then processing in the most relaxed way that is true. Hmm. and starts to rewrite the stories in a much more positive and productive way. I so get that it isn't an intellectual process. You can't read a book and have this understanding, or you can have the intellectual understanding that, oh, okay, these things that happened to me 
they're still driving my life. It's but they're not really part of me. But then you get in an emotional situation, and they take over again. So. So when you coach with somebody, are you actually leading them into a meditation where they can uncover these patterns and then you work with them to change them? Yeah, that's exactly. Essentially what we're doing is we're, we're rewriting the memory hmm. and finding the memory because so much of what we have is really fear and doubt, which may or may not be true. The memory may not be true, but that fear and doubt that is habitually written into our, what some people would say our DNA, which it's our nervous system. You know, it's the memory. It's certain things that trigger, activate an emotion, of, you know, connects to a memory and then that's when our habits and our patterns really start to kick in. So what we're trying to do is we don't have to rewrite your entire life. We don't have to go through every memory and rewrite it. But what we need to do is find some of the roots here. And what we do is we access it from a different perspective where we and we've got neuroscience to back up showing how especially different fear and even trauma that's happened in our life and in our brain and for me as well the reason i know this is because i've gone through it i've had people do this with me and so what we're trying to do is re-access these memories and reconnect them to feelings and emotions so that way we can then essentially change our behavior we don't want to be paralyzed with fear and doubt and nervousness and worry. But sometimes, like you said, subconsciously, we've got these things that creep up and we don't even know it most of the time. Right. So, yes, the, the, the short answer is yes. I teach people different ways, different ways to access and to get into a relaxed state of mindful awareness. And you can achieve it at any moment. Most people think that you have to uh, learn to meditate for years and be a monk on top of a mountain. And those things are great. And, and if you if you want to become a monk, become a monk. And they are among some of the happiest people because they have really conditioned their brain to be at peace. But there are ways and skills that we can teach that can instill instantaneous relaxation to our brain. And so those are the, the skills and the tools that I teach people. Yeah. Boy, listening to you, I'm thinking people want to, I think, want to do this, <laughs> that this would be so helpful. I'm What I'm thinking about, you know, I, I talk to women and I teach them about the heroine's journey that there's, and they come to me because they're in some sort of transition and thinking about they want to make a change. And so often it's about, all my life, I've been doing this, but it's really not who I am. I'm doing it because I make money doing it or because my parents told me I'd be a good engineer or whatever, and they really want to write a book or they want to raise horses or something, but they're standing there at the threshold in agony because they, their minds 
are saying to them, you'll never make enough money doing this, you'll fail, it's too risky, um, how do you know, people won't accept you, you don't have the credentials, all those things that really aren't true. It's just what their brains are saying to them. And um, so they get stopped and then they're never fulfilled. Yeah, that subconscious reprogramming, it's, a, it's, it's one of our biggest barriers to what you just said, to really living fruitful, fulfilled, happy, peaceful, joyful, <laughs> comforting lives. And that subconscious reprogramming can limit in such a way that unfortunately I've seen this and I'm sure you have too, where women can just be paralyzed for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And you said something else that I really want to pick up on, which is the money story. That's one of the biggest stories, especially with women that we can't do X, Y, Z because of yeah. whatever. The money story is one of the most paralyzing stories that limits our self-confidence, that limits our growth, that really keeps us trapped in this false life that doesn't allow us to be who, become who we want to be. And money is not the number one driver for success and fulfillment, but the freedom, the impact that money brings to people can change the world. Yeah. And without it, it creates a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And I say this from personal experience as well. When I first got divorced, I was doing very well financially and I moved myself and my children to a new town. I didn't even know anybody when we moved and my money stories really started creeping in and I didn't fully realize how much that they paralyzed my growth. And I went through a lot of cycles of earning a lot of money and then losing everything mm -hmm. because of my money stories and because of those false beliefs I didn't really understand that I had. And I had to uncover and really empower myself rewriting these stories so that way I could believe that I was worthy, that I deserved. Mm. And that's a huge, 99% of all my clients will come to me with one perceived problem and find that these money stories are really yeah. the biggest stress and underlying issue in their lives. Yeah. I would not dispute that. I would, you know, from my experience working with clients, same thing. So Heather, I know that you offer coaching. I think you also had workshops and tell us how, so here's somebody listening to you, I'm sure thinking, how can I work with this woman? And what would you say? How best yeah. to get a hold of you and work with you? Yeah, there's, there's a number of, of things that I offer, but the simplest thing is go to heatherjkreider.com. There are a few freebies right on my main homepage. There's a, an immediate three-step stress, instant stress relief process that I can give you for free. 
I do have a money masterclass workshop coming up that really talks about a lot of these same things that, that we are uh, talking about today. How do you uncover your money stories and limiting beliefs so that way you not only can create more wealth and abundance in your life, but so that way you can master who you're supposed to be so you can make more impact and have more freedom and peace. So if you want access to that money masterclass, just go to heatherjkreider.com and go to the um, contact and then just shoot me an email and I'll send you the access to, to that masterclass. And has it already been recorded or is it going to start at a certain date? Yeah, the live, and I don't have the date in front of me right now, but it's the last week of February. Um, so depending upon when, when our conversation gets aired, oh. it, it, yeah, it's the last week <laughs> of February, but so it, if, again, if, if this is aired after that date, still connect with me. There are ways uh, to get access to the class. Um, I work with, I have a few one-on-one -on -one client spots, but I do a group program as well. And we go through really a deep dive into all of these concepts. Well, there's so much that you have had to say that have helped people, I'm sure. And I'm wondering if it's an unfair challenge to ask you to divulge what you want to make sure that people remember from our conversation today, the people listening. That's a beautiful question. And I really appreciate that, that you asked that. And what I will say, if there's one takeaway for anybody listening, it's you have more potential and power than you realize. And the stories that you think may or may not be serving that potential, but the greatness lies within you. You just need a little bit of skills and tools to help uncover it. But you are way, way more powerful than you ever can realize. I promise you that. I'm underlying that and saying absolutely. <laughs> Heather, this is so good because you offer such a practical way to go about this and, and help yourself to uncover what needs to be uncovered. And I think also what you've been able to say about how that's our reality is that great being inside and all we have to do, and I know it's not simple, but work with someone like you and free that amazing self. So I don't know, I'm very inspired. <laughs> so I, I really thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your wisdom. I encourage people and all the people who have heard me say, you are a heroine, you are on this epic journey, you are so much bigger than you realize. Thank God that I got to meet Heather and she has really helped to underline that for me. So thank you. It's, it's my pleasure and it is an honor 
to be here with you today, Susanna. And I just, I'm so grateful that you're willing to share you and to share your stories and, and, and other people's stories, because that's really where that power lies. When we understand that we're not alone and when we see that other people have gone through similar struggles, maybe I can lessen my learning curve a little bit by talking and exploring to other people. But I think the main thing that you're doing and I so appreciate is that you're not alone. And, and it's that in and of itself is comforting. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I think when you think you're alone is when you keep it all inside. But when you realize, oh, oh, she feels, you know, she's talked about a divorce and she did. And oh, it's not just me. And then you can talk about your story and it's healing to get. Oh, and then the other thing I want to say, all right, this will be the last thing and then we'll let everybody go. But I love how you say that that thinking those patterns create your illness your disease and so of course then you can create the patterns that heal you yeah yeah that's that's simply said right there if we we have the power to control our thoughts if we think all these negative things and you know back to that thought loop just in a super super quick way our outcomes are because of what we think and believe. And so if we want a different outcome, if we want health and wealth and abundance and these wonderful relationships, then we, that's when we really look at how we're approaching our thoughts and our beliefs. And we have the power to reframe that in a positive way that does bring these things to us. Yes. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this lovely conversation. So Heather, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you so much for listening and joining us today. So be well, everyone. Take care. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Life Heroines with Susanna Liller. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more about Susanna and how she can assist you in your heroine story, go to SusannaLiller.com forward slash blog or find us on social media and YouTube by searching Susanna Liller. You can also email us directly at Susanna at SusannaLiller.com. We'd love to hear from you. To be encouraged and inspired outside of the show and blog, check out You Are Heroine, a retelling of the hero's journey written by your host and coach, Susanna, available on Amazon. Until the next time, be well, heroine.